Welcome to the Illuminations Media Network. And welcome back to the Illuminations Media Network. This is Tamara Westwood, your host, and I'm excited to be bringing you another very exciting show. As you know, here at the Illuminations Media Network, we focus on healing modalities. We also have our sister station, which is Solutions Beyond Limits, and that's where we get into the deeper, more esoteric, and more controversial subjects. But today we're going to be speaking with William Pullen, calling all the way from London in the UK. We're going to be speaking about his revolutionary book, Running with Mindfulness, Dynamic Running Therapy to Improve Low Mood, Anxiety, Stress, and Depression. And so we'll be right back with William Pullen to talk about this great modality. Remember Humpty Dumpty and his great fall? Is it possible that we all have a lot in common with him? Could he have removed his propensity to go splat? Is there anything we can do to remove our own fault lines? Stephen Lewis, the developer of a 24-7 self-healing technology, the AIM program of energetic balancing, believes that in the absence of fault lines, Humpty would have just gotten banged up, a little dirty, requiring a little detailing rather than be put back together. Instead, he broke where he was programmed to age. But unlike Humpty, we can heal our fault lines, remove our potentials for disease instead of counting on others to diagnose or treat our symptoms. How? Visit aimprogram.com. Get Stephen's book, Sanctuary, The Path to Consciousness, and join the thousands worldwide who are changing their programming and becoming the first in the history of their family with no family history. Okay. Welcome back. And now we're going to get to our guest, William Pullen. Hi, William. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Illuminations Media Network. Hi, Tamara. It's a pleasure. You know, I'm really excited about interviewing you. We have so much in common. I, too, am a psychotherapist. I'm actually a hypnotherapist, and uh, I use modalities that in some ways are similar. Uh, hypnotherapy is similar to the mindfulness training that you focus on. But you have revolutionized uh, the mindfulness, the still, quiet mind, with actually moving the body. You have an awesome book. And so before we get into it, I'd like to first talk about a little bit um, the statistics that we're looking at with depression and anxiety and stress. Uh, We know that they're certainly on the rise. You know, everyone in every country is having difficulties in life just uh, moving through the basics, uh, let alone striving towards personal goals. Now, despite many of those therapies that you and I know of as psychotherapists, um, a lot of the counseling, a lot of the therapies of quietness and recognition of what's going on inside, a lot of people are affected by anxiety. In fact, 18.1 million of American adults in the U.S. um, are, are really struggling with depression, 
In fact, the U.S. is called one of the most depressed countries in the world. And I imagine the U.K. has similar numbers. You know, some people want to sit, you know, and talk, you know, and that works great. Um, But, William, you focus on staying in motion. Let's talk about this mindfulness with running. Okay, so my book sort of split up. There's the mindful walking and mindful running elements of it, which is just a straightforward uh, description of how to mindfully run and mindfully walk, both of which are hugely rewarding. Um, and just sort of, um, you know, meditative and, and, um, and illuminating. Um, and then there's programs for the conditions you mentioned before, the depression, anxiety, etc. Uh, and those programs uh, invite the user to begin every run with a process I call the grounding process, which is a four-step process, um, the first three of which are mindfulness exercises. The whole thing only takes sort of eight minutes, and you sit there and you hopefully sit outside on a bench, on the grass, and zone in to what it is your body's feeling physically what are you feeling emotionally and what can you sense coming from the outside world by your hearing from your smell touch etc and uh, and then you run with with the day's questions so that's how it works hmm you know that sounds like a very very pleasant <laughs> modality to use to really tune in you know, to the body, what you're sensing, you know, moving into that realm, and then, and then get moving, get moving. And what happens once you are finished with your run or your walk? Do answers tend to come, William? They come either after or during, um, and you can take notes. I've, there's an app out there as well, which allows you to actually record the notes as you're running. Um, But uh, I wouldn't use the word pleasant. I think um, possibly the mindful running and mindful walking can be thought of as pleasant, but of course you mustn't come at it with any expectation of pleasantness. The pleasantness would be a byproduct. (laughs) Okay. Um, As far as the mindfulness exercise I described before the therapeutic runs, that therapeutic program for anxiety, that's quite a you know intensive program. There's a lot of questions you're going to run with, and they're and they're very searching questions. I start people off slowly. What's your relationship with your anxiety? What's your relationship with yourself? What's your relationship with negative feelings, negative thoughts? Do you try to fix them? Do you try to avoid them? What are your family patterns? What are your friendship patterns? What's your relationship with work? Each day you'll run with something different. And all the way through it, um, what you'll notice or what you should take note of is your relationship with yourself. How compassionate are you being? Can you allow yourself uh, to include your vulnerabilities, your less perfect parts? Can they be part of your day's experience? Or will you make them worse by trying to overcome them? Hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I can really connect with this therapy 
Um, it, it seems, uh, William, that a lot of people are completely out of touch with what they're really feeling and what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and as we know, you know, thoughts become things. You know, they um, they certainly become attitudes, and then <laughs> the world responds to those attitudes. Yeah. Um, but in getting deeply in touch with self, it's super important. And your book, and, and I'm grateful, I have a copy of the book right here in front of me. Um, half of that book is filled with these exercises. And it, it's like a workbook, you know, along oh, yeah. with the uh, information there. You, you're you able to spend time writing in this book and, and, and carry it with you. It's quite handy. You know, I love the, the yes, way I'm- you've done that. I'm a huge believer in journaling, both in terms of finding, I'm sure you are too, as a, as a fellow therapist, it provides an enormous amount of clarity and focus and, and allows us to put what can feel overwhelming onto a piece of paper so that we feel okay afterwards, or better anyway. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, I'm, I'm proud of the book because I think that it's, a, it's, a, it's something that's very doable, you know. I think therapy can take a long time, regular therapy, it can be expensive, it can be nebulous, it can bring in other things that may or may not be relevant, it can trigger all sorts of defenses. I think there's something to be said for a book that comes at it quite simply, it's much more affordable, you can do it on your own time, you can do it in your own park. you don't have to worry about anything really, you just go out there and get it done and and another piece which I'd like love to talk about is how you know that sense of getting out there and getting that fresh air and applying yourself to getting better because you're doing that on a physical level you're enacting it you're getting from A to B there's a sense of progress there's a sense of uh, investment uh, in a sense of enacting the very growth and change that you want to do with your body and, and that sort of brings it home I think yes you know and I'm a proponent of that as well and I know that in the world that we live in now we are uh, inside much of the time and uh, we're actually living in artificial air and artificial light and and part of that homeostasis, you know, feeling balanced and connected with the nature comes with actually getting outside, you know, the, the basics of getting some, some sun on your face and breathing in actual fresh natural air, you know, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Unquestionably, and, and, and more than just beautiful. It's, you know, it's what, what we need biologically. We need those molecules coming out of the soil, coming off the trees. Um, my second chapter in the book details that in the healing environment it's called and I put a lot of research, nothing too boring but studies around the world that show the different ways that um, the outside and moving in the outside is healing on a biological level Mm. you know and as I mentioned before some of those statistics you know that 18.1 million of American adults are afflicted with anxiety uh, in your book you, you talk about where that anxiety is coming from um, first one you say that anxiety from nowhere you know and another one is uh, likability anxiety perfectionism and also due to loneliness can we touch on that just a wee bit? 
Well, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up tomorrow. I don't know what it's like over there, but over here and in this modern world where the cult of the individual, we're all living alone, uh, we're living online so much, people are feeling increasingly cut off, increasingly isolated, even though they may have many friends off and online, but somehow they're not getting in touch with them the same way. Um, they're not relating to them the same way, or even, I think, relating to themselves. So there's definitely a sense of a lot of loneliness around, a lot of dissatisfaction, a lot of superficiality in, in relationships. And so this chapter on loneliness uh, or on anxiety, this part of the chapter that's on um, anxiety due to loneliness, will ask you to look at the choices that you've made and whether there's something in that have you elected in some way? Are you making some bad life choices? Is this to do with long-term beliefs that you hold about yourself? And it's an opportunity to try to open ourselves up back, back up to the world, you know, to go out and dare to do new things and different things so that we're no longer lonely and we no longer believe that loneliness is the norm, normal thing expected for us. Now, certainly, as psychotherapists, we both know that that people do uh, block their success. They will a lot of times tend to sabotage moving forward. So what are some of the key steps that uh, that you create and you, in your modality and you outline in your book to get people moving, to get people to step out of that so-called comfort zone? You know, if you've been living inside in the in the artificial cave for many, many years. How does someone jumpstart uh, this, this movement and getting out there in fresh air? Well, I, I ask them, first of all, to look at what the, and list what they think the elements are that are holding them back. Some people say the, the limitation is due to money, to opportunity, um, to geography, to a marriage, to a mortgage, whatever it may be. And then I ask them to look for exits out of that, both physical ones and mental ones. And I look at how people tend to, uh, and, and you'll know this as a fellow therapist, I look at how people tend to um, become entrenched by telling themselves that there is no way out. And they believe that uh, they are where they are because that's just how it is and, and, and that's all they're good for. And so I make them, again, look at the relationship with themselves and then I say, look, you know what, you're good enough as you are, so let's work there. But also, let's recognize that there is no such thing as the perfect uh, way to go forward. As, I mean, in America, what I love about America and their American uh, can-do positivism, where there's an understanding that if you're not fa if you're not failing, you're not winning. Is that the saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something, and I love that. And so that's what I'm. Often I find that people who can't get forward are risk averse. They're quite often they're thinking, well, it's not quite my time yet. 
this is too risky for me and I can't be sure I'm going to execute. And I just say to them, listen, there's never going to be a perfect time. And you can, and you know, here's the thing actually I learned from someone. Often when we plan our steps forward and we plan the, the next few chapters of our life and we say, well, I'll move here and I'll do this and then I'll do that and then I'll do that. There's almost no point in looking at step two and three because quite often what happens with step one changes what's available to you on step two and three in some way. So the only thing really to do most of the time is to get going because if you keep on going and examining steps one, two, and three, sooner or later you'll get to a step, whether it's three or four, that'll say, that'll put you off doing it because you'll say, well, no, I don't, that'll never happen to me. I don't have the resources for that. As though you can tell unquestionably you're going to be there at step four where you won't. Right. <laughs> you can't know where you'll be, so don't prepare for it. Right. Setting yourself up and making yes. excuses. <laughs> Absolutely. I just want yeah. people to live with a spirit of adventure. And that's what dies um, when we become depressed. And, and it's what dies when we, when we stop moving, you know. If, when you stop moving in the world physically uh, and you spend too much time behind a desk, quite often the spirit suffers and the imagination and the drive and, and the joy. Certainly. And and that's what's so important and key that we have to understand as human beings, something uh, that I speak to you often, uh, is that we are about imagination. Everything that we see in the physical world started as someone's idea. It was in their creative imagination. And then, and then it was manifested in the physical world. You know, this part of our, our beingness here is all about creating. Would you agree? Oh, unquestionably. You know, living is creating. You know, it's a creative uh, uh, phenomenon, all of it, from, from the beginning to the end. Every moment is a creative act. You yeah. know, I mean, if you define creativity as, as, as the moving from one state into another, which sounds like evolution rather than creation, but let's let's say that they're roughly the same. Then I think that's what we're doing. You know, we're always um, the German philosopher Heidegger talked about that. We're always in a state of becoming. We're always becoming the next thing that we're going to be. That's right. And uh, that should be exciting. And if it's not exciting then you're not challenging yourself enough. You know, lots of happiness studies shows that we're happiest when we're challenged, challenged to whittle a piece of wood, challenged to learn a piece of music or a new language, challenged to build that brick wall in the back garden. There's nothing we love more than just applying ourselves to that creative act. That's right. You know, and then when we are, when we're stunted by by the things that show up in the life that that may speak opposite to that. You know, some of the trauma that can show up, it restricts our ability to reach out because we're we're either fearing failure or feeling fearing success. Absolutely, and we can't we can't identify for ourselves the trauma, we can't see how that piece is blocking us because we're in survival mode and we're trying to get around it and carry on 
Um, and that's what we're hot-wired to do, survival, to, to keep moving. Um, but, you know, when we're moving with this great big troublesome thing, we're not really moving, not the way we should be. We're not moving lightly. We're not moving freely. Instead, we're weighed down by a trauma that we've decided to travel around. And I think it's, and tell me if you agree, but I think as therapists, our job ever so gently is to present to our clients what they can't see for themselves, to make conscious for them um, how the ideas that are born out of these traumas that they have, these ideas that they have of themselves or the world, how it all comes back to the trauma and how actually if they can just make peace with the trauma, they can be free. Yes, and and I also add to that um, with my clients, I focus in on the blessing that the trauma has brought them, you know, that as resourceful and powerful beings that we are, human beings, uh, that when we move through a trauma, it bolsters us, it empowers us because mm. we survive it, right? And we come out with gifts, you know, whether it's compassion, whether um, it is resourcefulness, <laughs> um, we, we learn something through it. And so a lot of times when people can discover the gift, what did they get from that? Then they're able to embrace it and, and move beyond it with, with confidence. You know, Indeed. and, and I'd add another piece yeah. to that. Yes. Because I think that people often feel that the trauma um, is they have a fantasy conscious or, or unconscious of returning to the pre-traumatic state. They want to feel like they did before, what they imagine they felt like before, because they know now they don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And they're in a sort of longing state and longing to go back, which, of course, we can't really do. All we can do is keep on moving forward. Yes. We can make peace with the past. And I think that moment when you... I think that's a great moment in therapy when you, you you liberate yourself from your fantasies of being perfectly cured or going back to your innocent self beforehand. And you say, no, you know, I'm okay the way I am. I've, as you just said, I've done, I've, I've, I've got some gifts out of this and, and now I'm ready to get moving. I'm ready to start living again, whatever the whoever I may be and whatever I may be, I'm ready to get living and I'm good enough just how I am. Hmm. Well said. Well, you know, William, time flies. <laughs> I, I've so enjoyed this conversation with you and sharing your wonderful book. It's, it's just, um, it's a work. It's a work of art. Uh, Running with Mindfulness by William Pullen. It's been featured in Vogue the New York Times, and in GQ magazine. Uh, I just invite everyone listening to go out and get this book. It's an interactive exercise. <laughs> um, and I mean that uh, literally as well, because it's going to get you out there moving um, so that you can heal through mindfulness Absolutely. and through and running. Even if, and even if you're not, you don't have anxiety, it'll get you moving. You don't have to have anxiety to enjoy using this book. It'll get you moving. You can do mindful walking or mindful running. Just get out there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, with our last few moments, William, uh, I would love for you to share how our listeners can contact with you, maybe maybe have a therapeutic session, um, and also if you uh, offer the book on your website as well, and maybe even any conferences or anything that you're going to be doing, perhaps locally. Well... I'm just exploring uh, going to Behavioral uh, Health Convention in, in D.C. In, in, in spring. I don't know if I'll be there, but I may be um, speaking there. I do have plans to be in the States later on next year, but I'm not quite sure when and where. Um, but sometime around the spring. My book you can get from a small online organization called Amazon. You may have heard of it. <laughs> Might have, yeah. Um, you, yeah. You can also get it from Barnes & Noble. You can get it from my website, which is dynamicrunningtherapy.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Pullen Therapy. Um, and, uh, yeah. And if you want to get in touch with me, send me an email via my website, Dynamic Running Co. Hmm. Awesome. Wow. How fortunate I am. I get to speak to such giants, <laughs> such people who are making such a beneficial difference on the planet. Well, well I'm your host. You. That's very charming. Tamara Westwood, and I I thank you, William, and I thank you out there listening for joining us here at the Illuminations Media Network. And, you know, I'm going to leave you with a saying, as I always do, that life is not about being discovered, but it's about discovering yourself among all else. That's a gem from the universe at tut.com. Peace and blessings, and hey, I'll see you next time.